Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to part two of Darker Demons, A Strange Romance. Struggling to open her eyes, Alexander glances around and recognizes she is back in the hospital. What's happening to me? Am I really awake and at the hospital, or is this part of a dream? She wonders if she is insane or maybe even dead. There is nothing concrete for her to hold on to. Each time she believes she's in the real world, she's pulled away. Am I even who I think I am? Does Jake exist, or did I just make him up? She's sitting up in bed, tears streaming down her face when the nurse enters her room for the usual morning poking, prodding, and temperature taking. How are we doing this morning? The doctor says you may be able to go home in a couple days. I'm exhausted and confused and sore and grumpy. At least your throat is hearing, healing. The hoarseness is almost gone. Under her breath, she mumbles, and now we can hear all of your bitching. The nurse completes her tasks, telling Alexandra the doctor would be in to visit her later in the morning. She hands Alexandra two pills. Swallowing them, she is soon deeply asleep again. When Alexandra next awakens, it's evening. A faint light is peeking through the window blinds. She reaches up to rub her eyes and realizes the IV needle is no longer in her arm. Tossing the covers off, she heads for the closet, expecting to find the blue dress she had worn to the office, the event she believes preceded her trip to the hospital. Instead, she finds a pair of black leggings, tunic, and knee-high boots she had worn on her date with Jake. Feeling pressed for time, afraid she will pass out again, she grabs the clothes and heads for the bathroom. She turns on the light. The face in the mirror is shockingly gaunt and pale, but at least it feels like her face. She pulls her thick, dark hair up into a ponytail, washes up, and gets dressed. Back in the room, she sees her purse on the bedside table. Rummaging through it, she finds her wallet. The face on the driver's license isn't hers, but the name, Alexandra Laveau, is not. She feels faint, bites it off. Opening the door a crack, she peeks outside. There's no one around. She can hear noise coming from what she believes is the nurse's station, located out of sight around the corner. Pushing harder, she looks down the hall and sees a red exit sign. She heads toward it. She reaches the door and opens it without incident. No alarms go off. She doesn't think anyone sees her leave. The exit has led her to a set of steps attached to the outside of the building. The cool air is shocking. She races down as quickly as she can in the uncomfortable boots. Scanning the street, she is struck by the realization she has no clue where she is. Pulling out the wallet again, she finds several $20 bills. Locating her license, she checks out the address. It is the same one she remembers. 
Hailing a cab, she gives the driver her address. Her building looks the same, loaded with what they call New Orleans charm. What they really mean is old and prone to flooding. Climbing the one flight of stairs to her place, exhaustion is creeping in. I can't wait to climb into my own bed again, she thinks. But when she reaches her apartment and attempts to put the key in the lock, it doesn't fit. Caitlin throws her cell phone across the room, wishing for a moment she had a heavy, old-fashioned receiver to slam down. Infuriated by the discovery she has just made, she screams to the empty room. Those incompetent idiots, how could they let that little bitch escape? She storms down the hallway to the nurse's station, in actuality just a desk where two young women sit with bowed heads, awaiting the wrath of Caitlin. What is wrong with you two? How hard was it to keep her drugged up and in her room? How could you let this happen? We're sorry, Miss Caitlin, the one named Joanne said meekly. We don't know how she could have escaped. She was completely out of it. Between the IV drugs and the pills, it was what was damn near impossible for her to have left on her own. Damn near or not, she's gone, and we have no way of knowing how long ago she escaped. Did you hear anything strange? Could someone have gotten into the building and helped her? No, no, ma'am, Joanne answers. We didn't hear a thing. Are you sure you two aren't having a little party here, maybe breaking into the pill supply? Absolutely not. I swear we've been clean this entire time. I guess this is what I get for hiring a couple of prostitutes. Get your stuff and get out of my sight. And remember, if I find you out you've told anyone about what happened here, I won't hesitate to blow your pretty little brains out. The two girls grab their belongings and scurry out. Caitlin paces the hallway while waiting for Jake to arrive. She is still fuming when he finally shows up. All right, I'm here. Tell me what happened, Jake demands. Those two bimbos blew one of the easiest jobs on the planet. Alexander is gone. She escaped. How can that be? She was pumped so full of drugs she could barely open her eyes. She must have had help, Jake says. Don't you think I asked them if they heard anything unusual? And besides, who would have helped her? No one knew she was here, except the two of us and those two. Those two, she says, pointing down the hallway in the direction of their exit. I don't know, babe, but we better figure it out in a hurry. Can't you do something, Caitlin asks? Give her another hallucination with your device? Mm, no, it won't work if she's not on the IV. The drugs are what enabled the brainwave-altering chip door, Jake lies. He has never told Caitlin the truth. There is no brainwave-altering chip. His business is just a front. Great, so what do we do? I don't know. Give me a minute. She won't go to the police, so we don't need to worry about that. I don't think she was really close to anyone except the two of us and the judge. We just need to figure out where she'll go and get there first. Brilliant. How the fuck do we do that? Go to her apartment. See if you can get Tom, that imbecile of a superintendent, to let you in. Maybe you can find papers, a diary, a list of phone numbers, anything we can use to help pin her down. I'll clean up here and meet you at our place later. Staring at the useless key in her hand, Alexander is befuddled. Startled by the sound of someone approaching from behind, she spins around. She recognizes her friend Tom, the building superintendent. 
Oh, thank goodness it's you. You scared me. What's going on here? Why doesn't my key open the door? Alexandra? I thought you were, I mean, you're supposed to be. Not supposed to be, but what? What are you trying to say? I think you'd better come downstairs with me, and I'll explain. <clears throat> Reaching out for something to hold on to as her knees buckle. <clears throat> she feels Tom grab her before she hits the floor. When was the last time you had a meal? No offense, but you look awful. Thanks. I can't even tell you when I last ate. I vaguely remember throwing up in the hospital, but I can't seem to remember eating. She follows Tom down the stairs to his apartment. Sighing as she sinks down into the comfortable couch, she explains, I'm so exhausted. What hospital were you in, Tom asks, and why were you there? I'm not sure. I didn't recognize the neighborhood, but it was fairly close, only eight or nine blocks away. I don't know why I was there. It's all so muddled. Her face trails off as she looks at Tom to fill in the blanks. I can't help you out. There are no hospitals I know of within a few blocks of here. Besides, if you were in the hospital, wouldn't the police have known about it? Alexandra's confusion is obvious when she asks, Police? Are the police looking for me? Did they think I'm the one who killed Jake? Tom holds a hand up. Whoa, Jake isn't dead. Not the Jake you were dating, anyway. How do you know that? Alexander asks in an accusatory tone. They are interrupted by someone pounding on the door. Leading Alexander into the bedroom, Tom motions for her to be silent. Caitlin is about to knock again when Tom flings open the door, almost toppling her over. May I help you, Tom asks. Yes, I'm Caitlin Jason. Jensen. I was Alexander's employer. You remember we met one time when I was picking her up for a girl's night out. Yes, Tom replies. I remember. What do you want? Caitlin appears taken aback by his gruff reply. I need to get inside Alexandra's apartment and look for some papers I gave her regarding one of our clients. I'm sorry, but I can't allow that. The police have told me no one is allowed inside until they close their investigation. Shit, what difference does it make if I go into her apartment? I'm not going to remove any evidence or anything. Surprised at her bluntness, Tom answers, she is, was a suspect in a murder investigation, in case you've forgotten. And according to you, she committed suicide. Even if the police didn't tell me not to let anyone in, I wouldn't let you in. Trying a different approach, Caitlin tilts her head to the side and smiles up at Tom, saying, I won't tell anyone you broke the rules if you don't. Just let me search for my papers. I'll be out in one tiny second. I'm sorry, but no. You'll regret this, Caitlin friends, as she spins on her heel and stomps off. Slamming the door, Tom turns to find Alexandra standing in the bedroom doorway. Murder investigation? But you said Jake isn't dead. Alexandra grabs the door as the room begins to tilt again a sensation becoming all too familiar. Tom replies, Jake wasn't the victim. Listen, why don't I fix you something to eat? Then I'll tell you everything I can about what's been happening. All right, but I'm craving some pizza. Do you mind? Tom smiles. Mind? I guess you've forgotten our weekly pizza and cheesy movie parties. For what feels like the first time in forever, Alexander smiles. 
Now you mention it, I think I do recall watching some really bad movies together while eating some really good pizza. Seated across from Tom, enjoying the pizza and some Chianti, recent events begin to seem like a dream to Alexandra. I wish I could just stay here in this moment forever, she says. I wish you could too, Tom says, the words catching in his throat. So please, now, will you tell me what's going on? What's the last thing you remember, Tom asks. Alexandra shakes her head, trying to clear the cobwebs. I can't really be sure which memories are true. The last thing I'm certain of is I saw you Saturday when I was on my way out for a jog. After that, I recall walking down Canal Street with Jake. We had gone to see that new movie, Darker Demons, and left before it was over. We headed to the corner, quarter for dinner. It was Saturday night. And I woke up Monday morning feeling like someone had beaten me with a baseball bat. Caitlin called wanting to know I was late for work. I thought she was crazy. It's Sunday, I said. She said it's Monday and made some comment about a rough weekend and told me to hurry up and get to work. All right, Tom says. So far, nothing really out of the ordinary except maybe the lost day. Are you sure it actually was Monday? What do you mean? Of course it was. Why would you make that up? Besides, when I got to the office, everyone was there. And the Uber driver, he said, yes. What did he say, Tom asks. Come to think of it, he made a comment like, it must be rough when I said I was going to the office. It seemed a little strange, but not strange enough to cause any concern. Maybe he meant it was rough because it was Sunday. Okay, so tell me what happened when you arrived at the office. Continuing her story, Alexandra says, it was eerily quiet. People were at their desks, but no one was saying a word. Then Caitlin came out of her office and walked over to me. She dropped a newspaper on my desk and pointed like the ghost of Jacob Marley in A Christmas Carol with that long, bony finger. The story was about Jake's death and how, oh, no. It was awful. Okay. That's the end of Darker Demons Chapter 2. And if you are anxious to find out what happens, go to Amazon.com and order your copy today. And if you can wait, tune in next week for Chapter 3. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.